If you have your Bibles open to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we're going to pick up on a, a message that I was sharing a couple of weeks ago on confidence from, from this passage. We didn't have a chance to share what may be the most important point for us to have confidence. Uh, let's pray together, please. Heavenly Father, I thank you that in a world filled with insecurity, we know we can have confidence in you. Help us to have confidence in you. It's easy to try to put confidence in things that we can see and in ourselves and in other people um, because that's tangible, but we know that that leads to greater insecurity. Help us this day to find greater confidence in you and in salvation that you give us through Christ we pray. Amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul um, talks a lot about confidence. And he begins by saying, we don't have confidence because of other people commending us or you commending us. Gives him never, some reasons why we, he has confidence. Then pick, we pick it up in verse 4 where he says, such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. The letter kills, the spirit gives life. Now there's several things I love about this passage. The, the first is making the point that our confidence is that God has called us to be his ministers and he makes us competent. Now think about what this means. Um, in Old Testament times, people would have loved to have been part of the priesthood, but there was only one group of people that were the priests from the line of Aaron and, and the Levites. But everybody wanted to be priests. Everybody would have loved to consider a, 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 a minister in the temple. But there's a lot of competence necessary to do that. And you have to uh, you have to qualify because of where you were born, because of your ancestry. In fact, this was such an enviable position that in about 167 before Christ, um, when the enemies came in from um, uh, Antiochus Epiphanes came in because um, he was angry because he lost to the Egyptians and he's on his way back home and decides to, to wipe out um, Jerusalem. Well, in the process, he wipes out the, the temple, the temple worship, the priesthood. And from that point on, the Hasmoneans take over and the priests are no longer from the line of Aaron. They're basically priests because of political appointments. They're priests, many of them because they were able to pay to be priests. And my whole point is, People wanted to be priests. It was a great honor to be a priest. And Paul says, hey, God has made you a priest. We call it the priesthood of all believers. If you're with somebody who's a Christian today, maybe you want to poke them in the arm and say, hey, you're a priest. They may look at you kind of weird, but that's true. That old priesthood followed the law of God. But the problem was that the law of God did not make them. Hold did not make them righteous. 
you followed the law of God and you realized you still needed forgiveness of sins. Before the priests could ever offer their sacrifices for other people's forgiveness, they first of all had to walk in and offer sacrifice for their own forgiveness. For there's no one righteous, not even one, the Bible says. Ephesians said, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world. Paul writes in verse 3, we too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. We were by nature children of wrath, not priests, not being made holy, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love for us has made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in our trespasses and sins, it is by grace you are saved. And so the first thing I would have you to appreciate, our confidence is in the grace of God, which makes us, who makes us priests, who calls us and then makes us competent to do the work of his ministry, the work of the church. Again, Verse um, verse six is wonderful. He has made us competent as ministers of the new covenant. So the next time you feel like, no matter how much I try, I'll never be competent. Remember, our confidence is in the grace of God. He makes us competent by his grace. And the longer we live, the more confidence we have as we put our confidence in his grace. I love the illustration that Paul Little uses. He says, imagine that everybody is lined up on the California coast and the assignment for everybody is you gotta swim to Hawaii. If you're gonna be saved, you gotta swim to Hawaii. But before we get started, now, now by the way, how's that gonna go? Well, some are gonna be able to swim up till their necks some may be able to swim 10 miles. Some Olympic swimmers may be able to swim farther. But the reality is everybody's doomed. Nobody's going to make it to Hawaii on their own. But before anybody takes off, a benevolent cruise captain brings up his boat and says, I have good news. I have paid the price. So you can go to Hawaii on me. How would you feel? Be like, yeah, I will take that. Thank you. That's grace. We don't get to go to Hawaii because we're good enough to swim ourselves. He makes us competent by his grace. He says, come on board. Now, who would be the most eager to accept it? The people who realize how bad off they really are, the people who can't swim at all. Who would be the people who would be hardest to persuade? It'd be the really good swimmers. Not hard to imagine really good swimmers saying, you know, I, I'm so much better swimmer than they are. I mean, I can see where those people would need the grace of that captain, but I don't, I don't want to be on a boat with them. You know, I'm so much better than they are. But the captain would appeal and hope that they would um, respond. Now, the Bible says that we are all doomed. 
that Jesus Christ has come along and paid the price that we could never pay. Now, but God never forces anybody to accept his offer. And the hardest people to accept it, of course, are good people. People who say, I'm not perfect, but I'm not as bad as they are. I'm not, I'm no Hitler and and I'm better than most people, in fact. And certainly God is not going to refuse to accept somebody who is as good as I am. But the problem, but the problem is not how good we are comparison in comparison to others. The, the issue is what is our righteousness compared to God? The Bible is really clear. All our righteousness is as filthy rags. If you think you ever have confidence to be because you're a good person, you will never really be confident because down deep inside, you know you're not. But it's a great day when you can look to Jesus and say, Jesus, I can't do it on my own. Jesus, you paid the price. I can't be confident in myself. My confidence is completely in you. Now, if that ship captain asks you to do some work along the way, you do it with joy. You wouldn't do it with the sense of, oh, now I've earned the trip to Hawaii. No, you just do it with a sense of joy. So thankful to be along. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, <laughs> um, I skipped some stuff here accidentally. Um, see what the Bible says is true. Ephesians 2, 1, you are all dead in your trespasses and sins that you previously lived in according to the ways of this world. We too all previously lived among them with our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclination of our fleshly thoughts. We were by nature children of wrath, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love for us, made us alive with Christ, though we were dead in our trespasses and sins. I um, can't think of this without um, thinking about my friend Patrick um, Patrick McGinnis. Um, there are some people that put their confidence in their own goodness, and then there's some people that know that's no place of confidence. Um, years ago when Patrick McGinnis, um, we knew he had cancer and he was hopeful, very hopeful that he would um, overcome. But we would talk about heaven sometimes and I would, um, and I would just say things like, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm so thankful, you know, when I, when this life is over, that this is not the whole story. I'm so thankful that when I said goodbye to my grandparents, I did not say goodbye forever, just until we meet again. I'm so thankful there's so much more to the story and eternity is actually so much longer than time. This life is gonna seem like a millisecond. I can't wait. And Patrick said, well, I remember Patrick saying, well, I hope when I get to the pearly gates, God will let me in. Now, Patrick had given his life to Christ. Patrick had even been baptized. And yet he still was wondering, 
Is he secure? Is he confident? And I said to Patrick, hey, we need to work on this together. I said, my confidence of going to heaven is not because I'm a good person or I've done good things by no means. I'm not sure I've ever had a pure motive in my life. Even the good things that I've done are like filthy rags. Even the good things I've done have been with wrong motives. So I'm not confident that if I were to step before God and say, let me into your heaven because I'm a good person. I'm not confident in, in me. My confidence is that Jesus paid the price and that Jesus is my savior and that I trust him in the work that he's done for me on the cross. That one day when I get to the pearly gates, God won't see me in my filthy rags. He'll see Jesus in his righteousness covering me. I said, um, Patrick, we need to work on this so that you move from saying, I hope God will take me home. God will take me in to saying, oh, I know that when I die to be away from the bodies, to be at home with the Lord. But your confidence is not pride in yourself. Your confidence is in Jesus Christ and his work and his grace. And I can tell you it was a real reward for me when Patrick, um, in the following years, I had opportunity to hear him talk a lot about eternity and he always talked with a new sense of confidence. You know, he would say, I, I wanna live in this world. It's a win-win. If, if, if God heals me, I get, I get to win in this world. But if he doesn't, I'm gonna be home with Jesus. It's a win-win and his confidence moved from being a lack of confidence in his own goodness to having complete confidence in the goodness of Jesus Christ. Do you have that confidence today? Or is there a part of you that still thinks? And I know it's very easy. Christians, Christians do this still. It's like, yeah, God's grace saves me, but it's God's grace and my goodness. It's God's grace and my goodness. It's not that goodness doesn't matter. Obedience shows our relationship with God. Obedience draws us closer to God. Um, you can't disobey and say you're a follower of Jesus Christ, but it doesn't earn your salvation. It doesn't make you more worthy of salvation. It's just how you live because Jesus is the Lord, because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So have you moved from saying God's going to save me because he's going to take me into heaven because Jesus saves me and I've done good things. I've lived a good enough life that that he is going to save me because I'm a good person? Or have you come to the place to be able to say, it is by grace that I am saved, not of myself. I can't boast, but in Jesus Christ. And when you have that confidence in Jesus, you have confidence Indeed, why are we confident as followers of Jesus Christ? Because of grace, because of Jesus, that he lived, that he died, that he rose, and he lives today. Do you have that confidence? I hope so. If you do, then look at the world around you, the people around you who maybe lack that confidence. 
now it's our responsibility to try to help them experience the gift that we've experienced so they can face today and the future with confidence in Christ. Heavenly Father, um, help us to see ourselves the way that you see us. Saved by grace. Um, help, help us, Lord, to see the world, the people around us as you see them, as people in need of grace. Help everybody who's a follower of Jesus Christ, who's hearing my voice, to live today with the confidence that you see us as righteous, and it's not because we are, but it's because you see Jesus. And you will take us into heaven, and it's not because we're good, it's because of Jesus. And our confidence is not in our great goodness, it is in a great Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord, now help us to carry that message, to believe it so much ourselves, and to be delighted in it so much ourselves that we can't help but want to share it with others. Empower, Lord, give, empower us to do that. Give us opportunities to do that, just to start those conversations this week. For your glory, through Christ I pray, amen. Thanks for joining us. And thank you for your encouragement, by the way, in the notes and encouragement you send us about our devotions. I really do appreciate that. Till next time.